I wondered how a tankless water heater could possibly work effectively. I mean, it's so small. But when I stepped into that shower for the first time with a nice hot flow, I quit worrying about how it works. I'm just glad it does. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. And welcome to our podcast about, oh, lots of things going on here at Longleaf Breeze. We thought we'd begin today by talking about the tankless water heater. Uh, you are right, Amanda. It has this tiny footprint. Uh, I'm accustomed to um, a big tank for a water heater. And in fact, as you know, uh, mm -hmm. you and I got all carried away when we were living at our suburban home um, and got a water heater that was actually too big. Um, and so we're accustomed to an even bigger tank right. than the rest of the world. But we never run out of hot water at that location. But we never run out of hot water at our suburban home. So you were concerned, I think, um, appropriately so, about how does this idea work if I'm going to be, if there's not a tank that I right. can pull on. Um, our first issue with the water heater was that it needs to be vented. We have a water heater that's designed for indoor use because it's mounted on an interior wall of the shop. And one of the first things we had to do after we installed it and got gas to it was to get this um, pipe that goes all the way up to the roof of the pole barn to vent the gases. And it was interesting to you and me both that, I guess because it's so efficient, the air, the, the venting gases that come out of the water heater are not all that hot. I mean, even when it was unvented, you could hold your hand right on top of that vent, and it wouldn't burn you. Right. It was it was warm, but it wouldn't. Yeah, you didn't get scalded or anything no, like that. No, not at so. all. And we think that's because it was, it's just a very efficient heater. Um, when you use it, you hear the sound, and I welcome that. When we're in the shop, when I'm in the shop and you call for hot water, or when I call for hot water and you're in the shop. You hear the water heater turn on. You can hear the flame. Go, and <laughs> yes. that tells you, okay, we're, we're using hot water here. Um, one of the disappointments for me with the tankless water heater is somehow I had envisioned in my mind, at least, that the water would be instant. That as soon as you ask for hot water, you would get hot water. And that's just not the case. Right. You have to let it warm up a little bit, come out yeah. of the pipes for a while. So it's like being on a floor away from your water heater or something like that. You, Even though our water heater is positioned very carefully so that almost all of our devices calling for water, for hot water, are right there close to it physically, um, you turn on the the hot water and you run it, it it's probably going to run for 10 or 15 seconds before you have the first um, warm water and then hot water. Um, we did have a little issue with your shower the first time. Well, you yes, used it. and that turned out to be 
nothing more than um, a water-saving device that had been installed in the shower head. And when our plumber came and removed that, and the water was allowed to, to flow at full force, it pulled enough hot water. But um, what was the statistic that we learned that the water has to flow at a certain rate to activate the hot water heater? That's right. If there's not at least 0.66 gallons per minute being called mm -hmm. for, that water heater will not turn on. So you can call for a trickle of hot water, and you will never get hot water. So what we've learned is if you do need a trickle, and sometimes you do, what you want to do is call for a full flow of hot water. That turns on the water heater, gets a, a column all warm, and then you can back it down to a trickle. You know, once you get a right. column of, of hot water in that pipe, then you can back it down to a trickle, and you can trickle it for a long time because there's a good bit of water in that pipe. Right. Uh, but it was an issue with the shower, the indoor shower, Yes. Because for whatever reason, it was that the water combination saver. of the water saver mm -hmm. and that valve was, meant that it wasn't calling for more than 0.66 gallons per minute. Right. And as a result, you were taking cold showers, or you took a cold shower. One cold shower <laughs> was quite enough, thank you. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we have not had any issues with the outdoor shower, which is my shower of first choice. All That's right. the only one I have ever used here, and it continues to work great, although it's more physically removed from the water heater, so you have to let it run even longer before you see the, right. the hot yes. water. And what I've taken to do, this is probably a little wasteful, but what I've taken to doing is I'll go out there and turn it on and then come into the apartment and take all my clothes off, and by the time I've finished doing that, Typically, it's ready for the right. for, for, for for a nice hot shower. We've not yet had any time when we've overtaxed its capacity. Right, but I guess the most that we've done is someone has taken a shower while the dishwasher was running. That's right, and that I, was I not a problem. No problem at all. We've told ourselves, you know, we really need to um, see what happens when both of us want to take a shower at the same time. Or we run the washing machine and the dishwasher and a shower at the same time. Right. We don't right. know. Although the, the interesting thing about both the clothes washer and the dishwasher is they tend to pull, on, pull down some hot water and then they'll stop for a while and use that hot water. It's not like they're calling on it continuously. Well, that's true. That might not be the best choice, the so, best but test then. Having both of us needing to shower at the same time is probably going to tax it. It's intended to be for residences of our size. A one-bath residence is supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to give us plenty of hot water for one bath. And, of course, if, if you're taking a shower and I'm taking a shower, we're sort of asking for more than it's right. supposed to be capable Yeah, technically of doing. we have more than one bath, but that's... That's right. <laughs> um, don't yet know anything about how much gas we're consuming. The, I, I'm new to propane, so I haven't learned yet how to figure out how much gas we're using. So we'll, you know, the jury's still out on that. We know that, of course, it uses nothing unless you're calling for hot water. That's the whole idea of a tankless water heater. Uh, but we don't know how much gas we're using on a regular basis. But we'll try to figure that out, and maybe in the next few weeks we'll be able to report on that. That's right, yeah, hopefully. Um, we have many things we need to do. I know. I always thought retirement, since I'm technically retired, 
would be just a life of leisure, you know, not too much to do, but except, of course, when they're getting into farm life, there would be a lot to do. I thought I'd have all this extra time on my hands, and that has turned out not to be the case. We have this inexhaustible supply of tasks, not just tasks that need to be done someday, but tasks that really need to be done in the next day or two. Right. It's just, um, it's a little overwhelming to both of us right now, and we hope it's because we're in the process of getting moved in. But wow, um, there is so much to do. And we have the holiday season upon us, so that's part of it too. We have to prepare for Christmas. Yeah. But getting moved in has to happen before I can decorate for Christmas. So all of that, I think in the next week or so, we'll be working on a bit more. <laughs> we'll be working on. The question yes. is, will we get it done? And, and we, don't, we really don't know. But there's a lot of installation here in our little apartment that still needs to be done. I'm thinking primarily right now of the hardware in the closet, hardware in the storage room and the shop that still needs to be installed. Right. Um, then we've got the deer fence that keeps That's saying, right. what about me? What I about know. me? We need to work on and that. And we've got components of the deer fence that are taking up space on, you know, in our pole yes. barn. They really need to be, we need to install it so we can get that pole barn cleared out. And, of course, we're always hoping to do some more clearing of our land here. We, ha we're, we have this issue with the loggers. Um, and some of the clearing we actually need to complete before we can put the deer fence up. So Well, that's true. That's, there's yeah, that. I, I sort of think of that as the deer fence, but yeah, you're right. That is yeah, clearing that needs clearing. to be done before mm -hmm. the deer fence. And uh, what else needs Orchard to Orchard planting. Well, sure. Yeah, we've got to think through where are we going to plant what and... From whom are we going to purchase the trees we need to plant? Um, as you've already heard from us, we've had this continual issue of erosion here at Longleaf Breeze this year because we've had one of the wettest years on record. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you have your work as a consultant, and I have my work that's as right. a divorce lawyer, and that still is there beckoning for that us. And, and, and not just beckoning, demanding our yes. attention. Yes, it does. So we're busy people. Yeah. Um, and in the process of all of that, I have asked that you and I do something so that I don't have to be set up as the energy nag. Um, we've had this continual dialogue about how we use electricity, how we use gasoline, diesel fuel, propane. And I have found myself too many times saying, Amanda, why did you leave that light on? You're not out there. You're not using it. And I just hate, hate, hate playing that role. So at my request, you and I have had the conversation about energy, and we've decided we're going to agree on an ethic and then see if I can't stop writing you about right. it. And, and it's not that I intend to waste energy or leave a light on, but I do get distracted. I think I'm coming right back to that spot. That's why I don't turn the light out. But then I get distracted and I do something else and don't come right back to that spot where the light was on. So um, I'll try to be more cautious about that. But I do agree that we need to, to use the least amount of energy for what we have to do on a daily basis. And that would help a lot. Um, but I don't think we have to necessarily sacrifice comfort too much either in the process. And I don't either. I think this is not about our living like Spartans or, or roughing it. It's about our being thoughtful. Right. I think uh, that's it. In, in our stage in life, 
I don't think either one of us, and in particular you, are not interested in um, living a life of deprivation. I think it's a matter of what can we do to be attentive to the energy we use um, while at the same time living a very pleasant life. Right. And um, so, you know, we've talked about a couple of examples of that. There are choices that we have from time to time about what lights we turn on. And there may be a, well, for example, you and I haven't talked about this, but when we go get firewood out on the firewood pallet on the front, uh, outside the front door, there are a series of floodlights that we can turn on right here in the apartment. Mm -hmm. And they're great if you need a lot of light out there. And then there's a compact fluorescent right there at the door that uses a whole lot less energy. That's generally all the, the light I need to get a piece of firewood off the firewood pallet. So there's no need to turn on any other light. So to, there's no need to, to, to turn that. on the right. big, you know, even though they do provide more light, there's no need to turn all of that on. I can just turn on that little compact fluorescent. It gives me all the light I need and right. um, get the job done. And by the same token, we've talked about our um, cooking. We don't have a range here. What we have are ser several other alternatives to right. cook. We've Induction got cooktop. We have the um, toaster oven. We will be bringing our toaster. We didn't bring that yet. We have a solar oven, uh, which, of course, can't use all the time, but you can use it at times. Well, on good days, it's a great thing to have, and it works a lot better than right. we thought it would. Oh, it does. It's it. great. Um, and um, a gas grill. And we so, have the microwave oven. And the microwave, well. of course. Yeah. So, so we have covered. things that will allow us to cook everything we need to cook, but we don't have a big oven. And from time to time, we're missing that. You know, we, you've already uh, asked the question, what do I do about my bread pudding? That's your signature Christmas item. Obviously, we can use the, the oven at the lake. We can use right. the oven at your mother's house. But we're, right. we're hoping we can figure out a way for you to prepare bread pudding here, perhaps with the solar oven. Right. We'll but I think this year we'll pl try it at the lake. But I, I may be able to adapt the recipe over time that, to a way that I can use it with some other heating mode. Um, and um, But the heat lamps have worked well, too, except that they're not <laughs> the right kind request, of timers. <laughs> uh, the electrician put timers on the heat lamps. And we've, we now understand that timer to one person doesn't mean the same thing as timer to another person. Instead of the, the sort of turn past this point and let it click down timer that I had envisioned, what we have instead are 24-hour timers, so you could set them to come on and go off automatically. Well, that doesn't do anybody any good. So we're, we're working around that right. and trying to figure out what we really need but and get the lamps, it done. But those heat lamps have worked well, especially I enjoy the one in the shower. And I, I might have mentioned this before, that when I really enjoy it is when I get out of the shower. Because, you know, it's nice and warm while you're in there. Then you step out into the air, and I turn that heat lamp on. It shines right on me, and it's just perfect. And it uses a whole lot of juice while you're using it, but you use it only oh. while you're standing there, yes. and it in the gets the job done. Exactly. And the length of time it takes to dry off, which is not long, that's all the time I need it, and then I turn it off. So And it does great. absolutely no good when there's not a human being standing there. It's right. a radiant device, so 
its primary function is not that it produces heat, but that it heats your skin. It makes your skin feel warm. And that's what you want when you're either out doing laundry in a cold storage room or (laughs) getting out of the shower. That's right. So I think those heat lamps are going to be a good idea, and I just hope we can get the right switches on there, and then we'll be... I think we'll decide that those are a success. And just to summarize, we've got heat. We got a heat lamp over the bed, which so far we've really not found. Haven't useful. needed that. Yeah. We've got a heat lamp in the bathroom that you use when you get out uh, wet from the shower, right. which has worked out well. And we have a heat lamp over the washing machine in the unheated storage room, so that you can turn that on when you need to be working in right. the washer and dryer. And, mm-hmm. and I can too, but but the past is any guide. You won't let me. I'll be doing the the washing. That's right. Washing and drying. (laughs) Um, And obviously I will be helping with hanging the clothes out on the clothesline. When we finally get grass and a clothesline. That's right. That happens. That's our We'll report on that when it happens. I wanted to talk about the joy and peace I experienced the other day when I drove up to the farm and I drove up to the pole barn and I realized This is home now. I told you about it briefly. But boy, did it feel good to be coming home to the farm. It was just, I I can't explain uh, what I was going through. You and I have been away for a few days. Uh, Wonderful visit with our daughter-in-law, Michelle, and our grandson, Smith. And just really enjoyed the time we spent with them. At the lake. That's where we were. But coming home to the farm just felt wonderful to me. You got here before I did, so I didn't get to, uh, we had two cars going, so we, um, I didn't get to experience that joy the way you did. I stayed longer to do a little bit of cleanup at the lake. and For which we are grateful. But. But I did feel joyful coming back, too, and I was especially joyful that it was only a 30-minute drive instead of an hour and a half Isn't that the way the we truth? normally we had to do. We are so close now, and uh, I hope we will be able to enjoy that place even more than we have in the past. Because it does have a beautiful view, and it's just a fun place to be. Yes, so, it is. Um, well, we had an unpleasant experience yesterday morning after a monsoon of a rain. Um, <laughs> we had a little leak in our shop area. Which we think the is... Uh, attributable to the lightning protection that our electricians have just finished installing. We think what's happened is that in the process of installing lightning rods, they penetrated the roof and left a place uh, where the water could get in. But that's the first leak we've ever had. And it was like, whoa, we're not supposed to have leaks. Uh, so we've, we've got to get that attended to. Right, right. So we'll, but it is good to have the lightning protection oh, done. Yes, especially, well, we didn't know whether we might be having some bad weather yesterday. I mean, it was there was the uh, the infamous red box around the weather. Uh, <laughs> On weather.com. Weather.com. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, well, we might get to put that lightning protection to use. But luckily, we didn't have anything quite that bad. Uh, but we did yeah. have a lot of water. So it, some of it came in. Um, we also, speaking of being in the great outdoors and weather, um, we've enjoyed our screen porch even more now that we have wire screens. I think we mentioned the paper wasp problem. Um, um, and just to reiterate, we had an issue with uh, what we believe are paper wasps who began chewing on the fiberglass 
screen that we had installed on the screen porch. And chewing very effectively. They were making fairly large holes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the advice of our extension agent and the entomologist at Auburn University, um, we have taken down the fiberglass and have installed wire screens instead. And they seem to be working just fine now. We've not noticed any chewing issue. And we have noticed several dead wasps. Right. As much as I don't want to kill those creatures, we don't want them inside no, our dwelling. No, we dwellings, don't. We so. want them to uh, either disappear or die. And if we can't have disappearance, death is just fine. Right, Thank you. right. When it comes to being inside our screen porch. So that was that was good news. So there, um, we think we've solved that problem and have enjoyed the screen porch, although here in central Alabama, here at the very beginning part of December, we seem to have arrived at the point at which the, it's cool enough on most days that there's a limit on how much you can enjoy that porch, right. uh, maybe in the afternoon. Yes. We've decided the, after, the porch is going to be an afternoon hangout in the winter and a morning hangout in the summer yes. because it gets the afternoon sun uh, in spades and does not get any morning sun. So, but uh, anyway, but you know, we might have a nice, warm, sunny day in January. We experienced some of that last year when we were just the porch. The porch wasn't screened in, but it was there, and we would sit out there and let the sun shine oh, in. Oh, that felt was really nice. nice. It was a so great I, place to hang out. I anticipate some hanging out. I do too. On the porch. And I don't know what we'll end up talking about next week. We'll just have to see what the week brings and plan to share with folks what's going on between now and then. That's right. See so, you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780446. Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleaffreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.